Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm uh, I'm excited. There's a lot of important matchups in our house league as we head into the final week of our regular season before the playoffs. Um, but I'm also very disenchanted by some of the terrible quarterback matchups in the NFL in week 14 coming up. Just with the injuries, there's just a lot of not great matchups coming up. And it's it's kind of laughable that there's some just terrible, terrible matchups. The injuries to quarterbacks over the past couple of weeks, all season, it's been really tough. And now we're getting into the territory of, you know, I think like there's a team starting Joe Flacco here. Like it's just, it's just not exhilarating. It's it's really weird. And sometimes it's it, like the the backups do well, and then sometimes, well, I mean, I don't know what the Jets are doing, but they just look nobody knows. dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is one of those weeks, you know, like if you had to miss a week of watching football, this is the one to probably miss. I'm so glad it means nothing for me in fantasy this week. Like I've clinched first place. We were just talking about this. The team I'm playing has clinched last place. Of all the matchups in our league, there's six every week because there's 12 teams. This is the only one that means nothing in our entire league. And I'm so like grateful for that. I can experiment. It doesn't really matter. I can throw in players that I wouldn't normally. I can just see what works because it just won't affect the standings at all. And this is a good week for it to happen because there's just so many backup quarterbacks. Um, and even like non-backup quarterbacks, like I think it's Atlanta versus Tampa this week. Baker Mayfield's had like moments of being pretty good, but like that matchup's not even that thrilling to me. Some of the matchups this week just are are awful like i'm interested to see chicago detroit that's one that i have on my list just because how's fields gonna kind of bounce back how's he gonna kind of go but then like how many teams have like cincinnati backup quarterback cleveland backup quarterback jacksonville like that cleveland jacksonville game i don't even know like what to expect there (laughs) with lawrence now being hurt yeah that's gonna be rough that's gonna be a rough one just lackluster quarterback matchups it's gonna be a gonna be a rough like I'm, I'm glad this is the final week of regular season and not the first week of the playoffs because everyone would be freaking out <laughs> oh yeah absolutely but i mean i mean jake browning did really well against the jaguars considering he's a backup yeah he did and i think you know chase specifically ended up having a fantastic week because of it obviously very talented we did talk about that a little bit on the show that why not Cincinnati? Like other teams have had backup quarterbacks who've come in and played really well. So why why won't that happen with Cincinnati? I still think there's just a part of it that's like this isn't the player I wanted to see. Like these aren't these aren't the players I want. I don't want these backups. I want star power at the quarterback position. I want to see these players. I I want to see a world where these players aren't hurt because then you get a true sense of what of what the team is. Um, and not this kind of like, we'll see how you deal with injury. But you're right. Browning did do way better than I think most people thought he would. And he's now going to be in a starting lineup for this week uh, for somebody who's fighting for a playoff spot because both of their other quarterbacks were injured. Out of necessity, yeah. (laughs) Out of absolute necessity. Because when you have Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence, you you need someone else. (laughs) Believe it or not, you need someone else in there. 
Um, and Lawrence had just gone on fire like three weeks in a row of yeah, just, yeah. just bad timing. Yeah. And you know, he was traded away from me, had three fantastic weeks and now he's hurt. So, but Hey, he, that, uh, that manager is going up against Patrick Mahomes. Who's been very inconsistent this season too. So who knows? Jake Browning could be on par with Mahomes this week. If Mahomes doesn't play like, the elite self, we know he can. Yeah, that's an interesting matchup, considering these two teams were involved in a Mahomes-Burrow deal earlier. That is true, yeah. <laughs> really really backfired for one person, but you're right. Mahomes has been up and down. So had Burrow even gotten back to shades of normal, it might have been a more fair deal because Mahomes has been kind of back and forth. But it's funny how it comes down to these two teams in this final week. It's also funny, something you brought up, that only one team of 12 is mathematically eliminated from the playoffs right now. Like it's a battle this week in our league to see who's going to make the playoffs. Yeah. We have six teams fighting for two playoff spots. It's been very balanced this year. All the records are a little closer. Sorry. I think five teams fighting for two playoff spots. Sorry. Five for two. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Um, And everybody else is in the the first for us. Yeah. But we also don't know like this all the standings. Like some people are locked into positions, but but a lot aren't. So not even just okay, five teams battling for two spots. Everyone's still shifting position. Like even your matchup this week, you're in second. You're playing the third place team. The winner will take second place. Like yep. that, it's that's just what's going to happen because in a tie, if you lost and that created a tie, the person in third would then have the the series against you. And it would they would move to second, you'd move down to third. So every like positions are up in the air, matchups for playoffs are up in the air. It's pretty exciting for everyone but me, and I love it. I love that I get one week that I don't have to be stressed out. Well, I watch football and I can just watch. Other than injuries, I guess, could still happen, but I get to experiment. I might play Jordan Love this week, maybe throw in Zay Flowers. Uh, maybe I won't even play a kicker or something like, you know, I'll just get crazy and do, get do wild stuff. Get, get real crazy. Cause it doesn't matter. There's nothing I can do that impacts anything. I'm finishing first. I know that I'll play the eight seed team. I, all I can do is sit back and watch to see who that is. Yeah. So before we jump into our news, I have a question for you that re- is related to playoffs. So how do you feel about fantasy football and having divisions where if you win your division, like kind of like in the real NFL, like if you win your division, you're going to the playoffs regardless of your record. Yeah, I'm, I'm not opposed to a divisional system. Um, to me, like in a division, if you had a league like ours, for example, where you have 12 teams and you're going to do, okay, three divisions of four or, or however you're going to do it. I think what would add a cool element to it would be also having some kind of division draft. So in addition to drafting, you also have a draft that randomizes your divisions each year. So you sit there and you don't know who's in your division. And then there's a draft of some kind or some sort of draw or something that randomizes and puts you into a division. Kind of like they do with um, soccer. I don't know if you've in any international soccer, if you're familiar with the stuff they do there. But basically, they have some sort of system set up where it's a random draw and they, they televise it and everything where you basically sit there and watch to see who you're playing. See, that would be of interest to me. Not divisions that stay every year, but, oh, there's four divisions and, or three divisions of four teams. 
your 12-team league, the top team in each division, whoever wins the division makes the playoffs regardless of your record, and there's a randomizing to it. Because then I would also say you have to play your division twice, right? It's just like regular right. Right. That's how I would say you'd have to do it. Like to make the divisions mean something, you must play your division two times. Um, so to me, that would also be interesting where you're sitting there being like, okay, who am I going to get drafted? Because you imagine like you and I in the same division. Oh, <laughs> right? yeah. Like that would be that would be different feeling as you're doing that. That's why randomizing it would be fun. That would be my take on it. Yeah, because so the reason I bring it up is because I'm in another league that's a 12 team league and it has divisions and it's changed as of after last week. But going into last week, there there's only six teams that make the playoffs. So only 50 percent make it. And as of heading into week 13, there was two teams from my division like myself. I'm, I'm in the lead in my division, so I'm locked into a playoff spot and a playoff buy. There's bye weeks in it, um, and one other team, and the other four were all from the other division. So mm-hmm. it's very, it was like a very mismatched, like swing to the other division for, based on the lower records, I guess, of some of the other people. So I was just wondering, like, you know, what you thought of of that, and like, is there a cap on it, or is it just the top two, and then everything else after that? Your best record. Yeah, like to me. In a 12-team league, I, I would want to then set it up like the NFL, essentially, where it's three divisions of four teams, four teams in a division. And I, I would say, okay, the top three spots are guaranteed to the division winners. And then the other, I would still keep it, I think, eight teams making it. I'm not a huge fan of buys, personally. So I would then say, okay, the other five spots are open. Could be from the same, a bunch from the same division could be spread out. It, that's just a matter of that but then i would say your record gets you your top three divisions regardless of which record is your one two and three in the divisions and then everything else kind of goes normally from there and again to make it worth being in the division system it would be you play everyone in your division two times and then everybody else once so that's where your double games because in our league we've got a couple double games you're playing your division twice and some sort of random draft each year to add a little bit more drama to it that would be how I would want to do it. See, I don't, I don't mind bye weeks because it kind of, like like in the real NFL, you know, it, you're safe for a week. You know, nothing can go wrong. You can't have, you can't be upset in the first week of the playoffs because you're guaranteed to make it to the second. And I guess what I don't be, like about it is your players still play and they could, oh, yeah. could get hurt. Some, someone could have like a great game, like Trevor Lawrence and score 29 points and then be hurt. And it's like, not only did I not get that in my points for it mattered, now my player is gone forever. Like, it's not like your players in the NFL, your players getting a week off is also yeah, kind but of you're, point, not just they're safe, but you get the rest. But they're going to play either way. And at least that way, you know, like if Trevor Lawrence walks out on the field and first snap tears his ACL, you still, you make it through. Like, you're still fine. You have a week now to, to pivot and recover. Whereas if that happens and you still have to win your week, you lose. And you're yeah. out of the playoffs. Yeah. And then in the scenario where he tears it in the final play of the game after scoring 30 points, you had your your last chance to have a big thing out of your quarterback and it didn't even count. Like, that's so, yeah, I, I can see your side of it. Like, I can see what you're saying. But then the counter is also true which is what makes it like bye weeks in fantasy to me other than yes. Okay. You're technically safe for a week. To me, it just 
doesn't serve any value to just sort of sit on your hands for a week. As much as I'm saying, oh, it's fun to sit here and have this be meaningless this week. But that's because I've clinched first place, but I'm still playing and it's still something to play for. I think if you can avoid bye weeks, you should. But yeah, some leagues, especially if you have a six teams making it, which I know is very common, the bye weeks for first and second place, okay, it makes sense. But I'm just, I'm not a fan of it. I don't, I don't like sitting back and watching your players still have to play. Yeah, this is going to be my first experience being in the bye. So I'm, I haven't experienced it before. So I'll let you know what it feels like. Well, I might, uh, I might make, uh, make, I think I'm going to make the playoffs in all three leagues I'm in, actually. I think I have a good chance of making it in in all three. And one of them has a bye week system. Now, I would still be playing. I won't make it into the bye, but the other two, I think, don't. Yeah, I'm, I am also in the playoffs in all three of mine. And I think only one of mine has a bye week. Yeah. The so, one we're in, yeah. our sleeper league. <laughs> oh, does that one have a bye week too? Yeah, 16, six of the eight make it. Oh, am I? Yeah, you are currently, that. currently, so in our sleeper league, the other league you and I are, you're currently sitting in second. Um, so you would, in theory, get a bye week next in the for the playoffs. Um, well, look at that. Cur- I have two bye weeks. <laughs> yeah, currently I'm in, I'm in a playoff spot and would have to play. Um, and I think I have a good chance of winning this week to to make sure I'm in that playoff spot. But yeah, so far, uh, so six of eight in that league. And when I set up the sleeper, I experimented. Like what because it's not our our home league and because I was just it's new to the app, I'm like, okay, I'm experimenting with the app. I'm experimenting with the scoring system. I'm experimenting with the playoff system just to see what I like and what I don't like without right. having it to affect the league that I actually care about. Yeah, fair enough. Well, there you go. I will let you know what it's like. You can get yeah. a taste of what it's like having it as part of the playoff format, and we'll see. Yeah, maybe some, maybe something of... to talk about in the off season. Maybe, maybe. you know you know my rules. You know it's a dictatorship. Yeah, uh, our unfortunately, house, right? Like it's a dictatorship. Uh, you're all my citizens, and I do everything I do is for for my citizens, including silencing you sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's important. You know, it's important to remember. It's all love. Yeah. yeah uh, okay. All right. Well, if uh, if any of you out there have bye weeks in your leagues, and or if, if you have feelings about it one way or the other, let us know. You can uh, reach us on social media at uh, Facebook, Instagram, X, or on threads, or you can write in to us on uh, conqueredraft.com. We've got a podcast page there with a little form you can fill out, or you can join our Patreon can uh, go to patreon.com slash conquer your draft or uh, you can access the link on our website there you get uh, priority for any questions that you have through our discord community you get additional start sit options you get thursday night start sit options and you get waiver wire targets as well as trade targets but that'll be for next year and we're available through all the off season we update our rankings uh, heading up into the draft so you have access to those as well this Thursday is the ultimate example of a week where this quarterback matchup's not great. I don't think this matchup's great. Um, I, again, the way that people will know what have happened in this game. But this, to me, this sounds like another 9-6-9-3 game. <laughs> because it, I don't think it looks very promising. Yeah, the uh, for any of you who 
partake in sports betting, I would say this is probably one you could bet the under on yep. in terms of the over under. <laughs> yep. I mean, all the all the games this year for the Patriots. I mean, when they're when they're close games, they're just not letting up much. Like they're not giving up much, but they they can't score either. So it ends no. up being very low scoring games for them. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, let's dive into the news because we've got some injury news that we got to cover and some quarterback news that we have to cover. So we'll just briefly recap this. These pieces of news came out after we recorded last week. So the Cardinals waived tight end Zach Ertz, who requested his release, and an arrest warrant was issued for Bill's linebacker Von Miller for allegedly assaulting a pregnant person. So another potential issue for the Bills defense, and we'll see what happens with Zach Ertz. As of this recording, he hasn't signed with anyone. Um Unsure if anyone will want to with him coming off of an injury. That might be something he has to deal with in the offseason. But we'll see. Maybe a team making a playoff push will will pick him up. That's what I think is more likely to happen. A team that's making a playoff push will pick him up. He's not going to cost much. Um, Get through the rest of the season. See how that injury is. I don't think it's like a huge risk. It's going to be a team that already has a tight end. And they're going to throw him as like, well, you're a good two-option system. And then... It's one of those scenarios where every once in a while, Zach Ertz scores a big touchdown. That's what I think yeah. is going to happen. Yeah, I'd say that's more than likely. Uh, Texans wide receiver Tank Dell fractured his fibula, is being placed on the IR. I believe he had surgery as well, and uh, he won't play again this season. His his year's over, which is extremely unfortunate for well for for Tank himself, but especially for those fantasy managers who are trying to ride him into the playoffs. Um, and then Ramondre Stevenson and Kenny Pickett both suffered ankle injuries that will sideline them for a few weeks. Uh, I don't think there's been a timeline announced for Ramondre yet. Kenny Pickett had surgery on his, but I think he's only supposed to be two to four weeks. If I might be wrong about that. I feel like I'd heard that timeline. And Ramondre, he could be gone for the rest of the year, really. Because there's no point in rushing him back. They're not making the playoffs. So Yeah, I had heard that even though the injury wasn't going, like wouldn't under normal circumstances kick him out with only four weeks left for them, like four games left for the Patriots, it's unlikely to see him return this year. I would I would say if he comes back, it's probably not till week 17 anyways. Yeah, like the final um, week, test yeah. out, make sure he's okay. Yeah, And that's not even a really good matchup. So I would say you probably don't need to hold Ramondre on your team anymore because odds are he's not going to play fantasy-relevant football for you again this year. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't no, I didn't. I, I waited. <laughs> I waited to see, okay, what's the outcome going to be? And as soon as it said, like, best-case scenario would be Week 16, that's a good matchup for them. But he's coming off a high ankle sprain. He's not going to be... He's not going to hit the ground running. No running back ever does. It always takes him a couple of weeks to warm back up. And uh, just by the time he'd be the Ramondre that we are used to, this fantasy season will be over. So I just said, all right, I'm going to get Tajay Spears on my bench just in case Derrick Henry goes down. And we'll go from there. And the hits keep on coming. Uh, Puka Nakua suffered an AC sprain, but he's expected to play in week 14. Uh, we'll see what kind of an impact that has. Uh, Cooper Cup was a bit more involved, not by much, but a bit more involved in the second half of that game after Puka got hurt, managed to get a touchdown. So we'll see how that shakes out for him through 
the next couple of weeks because an AC sprain does take a couple of weeks to heal and can be re-aggravated, unfortunately. And then two Jaguars went down in uh, Monday Night Football there. We had Trevor Lawrence suffer a high ankle sprain. So that's going to be a couple of weeks, I would say, at least, unless... You know, I don't know if which foot it was on, if it's on his plant foot or not. Uh, I don't know if you know that, Mike. I don't know which foot, no. Okay, because that would, that would play a difference on how fast he could come back. Uh, he wouldn't be able to probably sprint around as much, but he could throw. Um, so remains to be seen what the timeline is for him. I would say you're probably not going to get him back until into the fantasy playoffs. And then Christian Kirk suffered a core injury that required surgery, and so he will be out for the rest of the fantasy season. I don't know if he'll be back for maybe for a playoff push. If uh, if, if they make the playoffs, I'd say they'd probably bring him back. That mm-hmm. seems to be what the timeline is looking like, but if otherwise, that'll be the end of his season too. Yeah. And then we have some quarterback decisions. So... The New York Jets released Tim Boyle, signed Brett Rippon, and now have said that Zach Wilson will start for Week 14. So that's that. that it didn't really matter. None of those options were good, anyways. Uh, the New York Giants are going to start Tommy DeVito for Week 14. Uh, I think I don't know if they activated Tyrod Taylor or not, but he is eligible to return from the IR. But either way, Tommy DeVito is going to be their starter. And the Minnesota Vikings announced today that they're going to use Josh Dobbs in week 14 because that was being debated by them, whether they would mm. make a switch there. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I mean, he's kind of, he's, he's tailed off a little bit. He's he has, not... it's just, I think it's your best option, unfortunately. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's mm-hmm. really much else you can do at this point, like just because really you've got to go with what could work to get your, your weapons going and they're still trying to make the playoffs. So I think that's probably the smart move. Yeah. I think he gives you the best odds of winning. Yeah. Uh, the LA chargers are opening up the 21 day window for wide receiver, Josh Palmer to return. And the bills are opening the 21 day window for tight end Dawson Knox to return. And then the Colts, are they've stated that the timeline on Jonathan Taylor's return is unclear. So that is not good news if you're hoping that he's going to be back for the fantasy playoffs because it was originally, I think, said two to four and then it became three to five. And now they're saying they don't know. Yeah. So that, that leads me to think it's closer to the five. And at this point, there's only four games left in the fantasy football season. So if he's going to be out, until week 18, you're screwed. Yeah, definitely. But that is it for our news and notes coming out of week 13. So let's talk about some conquerors and busts. So at quarterback, Brock Purdy, highest scoring quarterback last week, 37 and a half fantasy points. Did you start him last week? I think you did, yeah. I sure did, yeah. yeah. Though I could have, like, I mean, Jordan Love. Like Jordan Love is also on this list. So, yeah, so they, yeah. he's my other one. So either one, but yes, I did. I did go with Purdy. Eight, I'll take the eight more points. Yep. Uh, Geno Smith, thirty-five point nine fantasy points against the Dallas Cowboys defense, which surprised everyone. Yeah. Uh, sucked to have DK Metcalf on my bench because we'll talk about him in a bit. Yep. 
I mean, my game was not close anyway, so it didn't really matter. But still, it just sucks when you you make those decisions and you see them blow up in your face like that. Yes. Uh, Dak Prescott, 34.2 fantasy points. Jordan Love, 29.7. And Trevor Lawrence, 29.1 before he exited the game. He was having a great game before he went down. Like he was, again, it was his third week in a row that he was on fire. But too bad for him. Yeah, no, it's it's too bad for him and too bad for the Jags because all of their offensive weapons will, are going to take a hit now. Their their offense yeah. did not look good with, uh, what's his name, C.J. Beathard? Is that his mm-hmm. name? C.J. Beathard, yeah. yeah. Yeah, did not look good with him at the helm. So another blow for anyone who's got the, uh, who's got Jaguars offensive weapons. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, there's a manager in our league who has Jonathan Taylor and has every Jaguars offensive weapon except for Ingram on his team. So uh, Kirk Ridley and ATN. Yeah. Yeah. So th- see, and this is why you and I spoke about this. I don't think we talked about it on air, but this is why you don't want to have multiple options from the same team. Because if something bad happens, it can cascade like that. Yeah. And again, I mean, to me, I'm just not as absolute on certain things as you are. To me, there are times when it, it can work. It depends on the team too. I I follow that rule a lot of the time, but I wouldn't limit it with certain certain players in certain situations. I to me, Jacksonville was not one of those situations where I would want multiple ones anyway. But I will say, up until this injury, which is obviously a big thing, he had a couple weeks in a row where ATN and Ridley were smashing it, and he was not playing Kirk, and Kirk was playing well, but he he almost never played Kirk. Um, ATN could still do very well in this situation, depending on how much they want to run the ball. And he is one of those backs that does well with a lot of volume. Um, yeah, but they just have a tough schedule, though. It, the schedule's number one, that thing that I'm worried about. And number two, you're right. I don't think Beathard looked great. Like, he didn't really, I think, fit in to the offense great. I don't know what a, their other quarterback situation is. But it it is one of those situations where, like, maybe he's going to be, like, a real backup. where he's not going to be able to get like certainly I think Calvin Ridley I don't think his value is great right now because the matchups aren't good especially coming into this week and I don't think he he was someone who was developing a bit of chemistry with specifically um, uh, Lawrence and I don't like against Cleveland's defense Baltimore's defense I don't like that's the next two weeks I don't think Mm -hmm. that looks very good for this team like I think that's really rough rough schedule yeah, yeah, exactly. And now that could have big playoff implications too. Because uh, they could have been the number one seed in the AFC, I think, if they had won that game. Mm-hmm. Or at least close to the number one seed. Uh, but instead, now that was that was bad for Buffalo because Cincy is now ahead of them. And uh, now the Jaguars have to worry about making the playoffs where going into last week, it was okay. What's our seating going to be? Yeah. Buffalo's a massive to me, like um, they've got a massive issue. <laughs> like yeah. to me, Buffalo is just problematic. <laughs> all over oh, absolutely. So yeah, it's uh it's definitely tough. Uh, some quarterback busts from last week. So we had Kenny Pickett uh, who did leave with an injury Similar to Trevor Lawrence, but nowhere near the good game that he was having before he left. Uh, only had three fantasy points. 
Tim Boyle for the Jets had 4.1 fantasy points. Bryce Young, 7.1. Bailey Zappi, 7.24. And a name that does not uh, usually belong with all these others, Justin Herbert, just shy of eight fantasy points. Yeah, just an awful game for the Chargers. Like that was a real, that was a real tough one. Um, they're another team that, you know, look looking at their schedule, it's kind of up and down the final four games, but they've got like Denver's defense can be really tough to play against. They've got Buffalo in there. Like that can be a tough, a tough matchup. And yeah, for Herbert, he's, he's got to, he's got to turn that around. Like that New England team, they shut down the Chargers offense. They couldn't do anything. I watched a good chunk of that game. That's six, nothing game. And uh, New England just, just buried the Chargers. Yeah. And it's got to be frustrating for the Austin Eckler managers because he has one of the best playoff schedules for a running back, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And he has just been terrible. Just oh, been doing awful. nothing. I mean, that again, the, this goes back to your offense is still a unit together and a bad passing game can often equal a bad rushing game. And that's what's been happening the past couple of weeks. Neither the passing game nor the running game has been up to par. And the, I think the one week that it was really good, it was like Allen catching everything, who I have, uh, who did great. But other than Allen, like it's <laughs> just been, it's been a rotating group in that receiving core and the tight ends. And there's been so many dropped passes and so many things. And Allen, I don't think, was 100% healthy last week. Like there's just been issues around this team for a couple of weeks and their offense has just not been, it's been like a pale reflection of what it was last year and what I think a lot of people thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I would be, I would be very concerned. I mean, I am concerned. I have Eckler in another league. Um, so I'm kind of hoping he can turn that around, but uh, yeah, it's a weird situation going on there with uh, the chargers. Mm-hmm. But uh, some running back conquerors last week. So we had Joe Mixon, just a bit over 26.5 fantasy points, got into the end zone twice. Alan Kamara, just shy of 26 fantasy points. Two, I think he had two touchdowns as well. And Derrick Henry, 24.5 fantasy points, also two touchdowns. Devon Achan, 23.8 fantasy points, two touchdowns. And James Conner with 22.5 fantasy points. I don't remember if he had one or two. Uh, well, I can tell you because he had two and he was sitting on my bench. Yes. So, <laughs> And they were early touchdowns. Too. Or no, later because oh. what happened was is the game was delayed. Right. Um, that's what happened. So he did score early, but then he got another one later because the game was delayed. Yeah, that's, uh, well, just like me with, with Metcalf, you know, just it's tough seeing them do that well yeah. when they're on your bench. I had two of them because I had McBride on my bench too. Now, luckily, Taysom Hill had a good week, but McBride was off to a really fast start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here's here's McBride and Connor just like killing it. <laughs> and they're sitting yep. on the bench. Yep. Uh, some running back busts. Ramondre Stevenson, 2.4 fantasy points. Left the game very early with the ankle injury. Uh, DeAndre Swift, three fantasy points. Austin Eckler, 3.7 fantasy points. Devin Singletary, 4.5 fantasy points. If you still have Devin Singletary, I would be very concerned about Damian Pierce coming back because it seems like they're going right back to like a 60-40 and Mm -hmm. 
Singletary is the 40, unfortunately. Yeah. And I think, I think at the end of the day, they, this is a team that wants to pass as much as they can. And I know that the, you know, the tank Dell injury is kind of an issue here, but they've still got weapons. Like they've still got Collins, they've got Schultz. Um, they've got a couple of the receivers that are, that are good. And I think they want to use Pierce more so than Singletary. So yeah, if you're a Singletary uh, manager, I think it's, it doesn't bode well that Pierce is coming back. He's going to get a little bit more opportunities. And he's honestly, he's like, he's kind of the bigger back that they want to use in the red zone. Like, that's what I'm noticing. I've been watching these red zone trends for teams and they have like favorites, regardless of how well you're doing in the running back scenario, the bills do it too. They're not playing you in the red zone. If they like this other person in the red zone, they just, they have someone they stick to. And unfortunately it hasn't been Singletary that often. No. Yeah, that's, that's right. He seems to be their guy that they that they like when they're in the goal line or short yardage uh, mm-hmm. and just overall. So yep. Yep. Singletary didn't do enough when uh, when Pierce was out, I guess, to change their mind. I don't know how much it matters. That's the thing. Just looking at Buffalo, maybe it's just a, my, my Buffalo fandom and frustration. Because like James Cook could have an amazing game and they're pulling him out. Like they get to the red zone and they're like, no, we're not putting you in there. Like I saw it happen two or three games in a row, especially because I had him at that time. So I was really paying attention and he'd, he'd be on pace for a hundred yard gain and, and he'd be playing great and getting long rushes. But the minute they get the red zone, no, 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 Murray's coming in. We can't play you in the red zone for whatever reason. We, we can't allow this. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I only, that's the thing. Like it's an unfortunate circumstance, but I mean, for the team, they like the balance. They like Pierce in those scenarios, but for Singletary, I honestly think it's a just, we just don't want you. In this situation, we want we want Pierce. So even if Singletary is having a great game, I just don't think it equals red zone time, which is what's frustrating if you're a Singletary manager. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, let's move on to our wide receivers at uh, at number one, DK Metcalf, thirty four and a half fantasy points on my bench, just having every touchdown possible for the Seahawks. Yep, in a game that shouldn't have gone that way. Like, the Seahawks scored way more than I think anyone were thinking that they would. Oh, absolutely. And, like, his first one was, like, a 70-yard touchdown, too. So that just sucked to watch. (laughs) Yeah, that was, like, I think their first possession, too. I was like, yep, right away. I I knew I made a a bad decision sitting him. but And then I just had to sit and stare at it. (laughs) That sucked. Uh, Debo Samuel, 33.8 fantasy points. I think he had three touchdowns as well. Mm -hmm. Tyreek Hill, 29.8 fantasy points. He had a great day for Miami against uh, the Commanders. Nico Collins, 29.6 fantasy points. Thanks. Uh, Like you said, with uh, with the loss of Tank Dell, he was able to step up and be heavily involved. Uh, He he could be very dangerous for uh, for the fantasy playoffs, but they have a very tough matchup this week. So if you're counting on him to make the playoffs, that's... That's a bit of a dice roll. And CD Lamb, 26 and a half fantasy points to round it out. So that was my first experience with my CD Dak stack and uh, worked out pretty well. Forty mm-hmm. something points together. Sorry. Fifty yeah. something points, sorry. Or no, sorry, sixty points. I can't even keep track. There's too many points. So far, so good with that. We'll see how it goes for the rest of the uh, the playoffs there. Yeah. Some wide receiver busts. Marquise Brown, zero fantasy points. <laughs> Just 
nothing going. Yep. And he got, he was injured. He, he injured something in his heel. I don't think it was a major issue, but uh, he did do a little damage to his heel there. I don't know if that is what led to the zero or I don't know, but that's not good considering he's supposed to be their main guy in the passing game for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Downs, 2.9 fantasy points. Christian Kirk had exactly one catch for uh, 25, 26 yards, I think, and then got injured. So he left uh, with 3.1 fantasy points. Jahan Dotson, 3.3 fantasy points, despite being involved in a game where they had to throw a lot because they were behind with Miami. And Adam Thielen, four fantasy points. I cannot tell you how happy I am that the manager who has Adam Thielen in our home league is not very active. Because I think at like three separate points in the season, I had made an offer for Adam Thielen. And looking back now, if any of them had gone through, I would be so angry because of the absolute cliff that Adam Thielen has dove off of over the past like five weeks. Yeah, like I can see in the first seven or eight weeks of the season why you why someone wouldn't want to move off of Thielen. Like he was way like out. He was way better than his value. Like talk about the value thing that you love so much. He was way outperforming his value. And then he just, over the past couple of weeks, especially he's been not since good by week like they he's just not i don't he doesn't have a touchdown since the bye week i think isn't it something like that he hasn't scored a touchdown since before their bye week i'm not sure but i know he's been outside the top i'm pretty sure like 24 since their bye week i don't know about the yeah. touchdown for sure i can double check yeah i i, I thought i had heard that he hasn't scored a t- he hasn't been in the red zone since before or in the t- end zone since before the bye week, which is again for wanting for a receiver who was a top ten receiver for the first like seven or eight weeks of the season, he was yeah like that's a huge cliff he fell off of. Yep, since the bye week, he has not scored a touchdown. Yeah, and like that's huge because Thielen was basically like a free receiver one or two on your team. <laughs> like you didn't ever have to worry yeah. about him. He was basically just free. He was the wide receiver, like four, I think, heading into their bye week, and he just dove yeah. off a cliff. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he was just nothing for him. And again, it's just on your team. You probably drafted them last, like probably like a late round pick, like whatever. And he was great, but now, yeah, he's just absolutely fallen to pieces. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't know what changed because they went on the bye week and then everything just fell apart. Yeah, and I mean, you know, rookie quarterback, everyone wants to judge really quickly. It's his first season. You don't know how he's going to kind of develop over time. I think that team needs more weapons and more variety. Um, its run game has been non-existent. Um, it, the team's just, I think, looked terrible. Um, I think if you put a couple more decent weapons around them a little bit more talent around that quarterback they're going to get better but yeah I, I don't know what specifically it was there where since the bye week they've been awful but their running game has been non-existent they haven't really been able to do anything on offense so i think it's a combination of things yeah i don't know it's just a bummer for people who thought they had a top four wide receiver mm-hmm. for free and now yep it's and all now blown up in your face nothing yeah he's you know 
maybe on the matchup he might get you 10 points or something for just receiving yards. But yeah, he's he's nothing more than a flex if you absolutely have to because of bye weeks or injuries at this point. Well, hopefully if you had him, you sold him high and you know you got somebody who is now still performing for you and you're doing all right. Our tight end conquerors for the week, Sam Laporta, 24.5 fantasy points. Trey McBride, 18.9. Evan Engram, 18.7. Jake Ferguson, 16.7. And Harrison Bryant, out of nowhere for the Bengals. I think he plays for the Bengals. I'm honestly not even sure. Who cares? You'll never hear his name again. You will probably <laughs> never hear his name again, yeah. Uh, but he had, he had a good week. Uh, this happens with the tight oh, ends. No, sorry. Not for the Bengals. For the Browns. Yeah. Harrison okay. Bryant plays for the Browns. And, uh, well, his his partner on the Browns is in the bust, so that makes sense, yep. actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Johnu Smith was a bust, too, as well as Logan Thomas. They both had two fantasy points. Donald Parham Jr., 2.2 fantasy points in that awful Chargers-Patriots game. Hunter Henry, 2.5 on the other side of the field. And David Njoku with 2.7 fantasy points in what should have been a good game for him, but instead was for Harrison Bryant for whatever reason. Yeah. Because that's how football works. Especially the tight end position this year more than any. Like, it's so random. It's hard to predict. It's hard to kind of know what's going to happen. I I still think it's the most frustrating position um, as a fantasy manager. If you have a couple people, it's great. But outside of this year, like Sam Laporta, Andrews before he was injured, Kittle, Kelsey, like Hawkinson, maybe one or two other people. Like it, you're taking a risk every single week. And it's just so, it could be really frustrating to, to watch these players go through. And then every once in a while you get a Bryant and you get someone kind of nowhere who's just for whatever reason better than Ninjoku, who's been, you know, generally great. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I, I think I'm especially happy with being a Laporta manager this year because he was my literally my last pick in the draft. Yeah. And that has just panned out so well for me. So I'm I'm very happy about that. I don't even remember who my other one was. Was it Oh, it was Kyle Pitts. That's right. Yeah. That train wreck. Yeah, you picked Pitts like high higher and then Laporta was just your throw in pick. Near he was my safety and, net, and yeah. turns out I could have done it in the reverse order. <laughs> well, and, and so even then, so Kyle Pitts, right? I make fun of him. He's kind of the whipping boy. Isn't he ranked like 15th or something for tight ends? Uh, like, not horrible, like 50, like, you know, halfway through whatever. But like, if you're a top 12 in any position, we usually talk about players. It's like, oh, well, top 12, great. Like, I think he's like the 15th ranked, and he's having a dreadful season. Something yeah. like that. He's like around 50. He's around the teens. Like he's around midway. Yeah, and I mean, part of that is just because of his his coach's refusal to play him or to target him, I guess, or in, that, with the offense. Yeah. That team is uh, so poorly coached, and every time they win, it's just like, I can't believe this guy's winning games. <laughs> because yeah. they're just so... They're just not... I, I don't think they're a good football team, and somehow... They may, or at least I would say they're a very talented football team that's coached poorly and needs a good quarterback. And yet somehow they pull off victories. They're going to make the playoffs. You think so? I'm I'm sure that they will. Well, they're I, they're in the division battle. That's just how them. it's going to happen. It's just a, yeah. it's a weak division too. 
Exactly. I can't remember who they're with, but they're with other teams that are also not doing very well. The Bucks, the Saints, and the Panthers. So, yeah. So between the Saints, the Bucks, and the Falcons, like that's they're kind of roll the dice kind of team. Like I think the Saints should have been better this year. I think people were expecting them to be better this year. The Bucks have been a bit of a surprise. So yeah, I could see it in that weaker division. I could see it happening. But that to me, that's like they're they're one of the most boring football teams to watch. I don't know how many Falcon games you've seen this year, but they they have some of the. I just their quarterback's not good. They misuse their players. Like I just can't believe how often, even with someone like Bijan Robinson, though, they're just like refusing to use him. There's like oh I know they just didn't use him. And like, what are you doing? You have one of the most talented players from the previous draft, and you're just not using him. Yeah, oh, it it's super frustrating. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. And then they'll use him in the red zone, and he scores a touchdown. It's like, why don't you do this every time? Yeah, but no, I don't know what it is. The coaches just think they're smarter than everybody else or whatever it is, but they're just like, no, no, no. Like, we, we can't use him. Can't use him in these situations all the time. Even like Pitts and all his talent and always looked at as like, well, he's kind of this receiver tight end uh, mix, sort of like Dalton Kincaid and Laporta and like these other players that we've seen kind of do different things in the position. And yet still Pitts is barely used. They replaced Tyler Algier, who had a fantastic year with Bijan Robinson, and they still can't seem to get it right with the two running back system. You know, Drake London's a good wide receiver, but they don't have a good quarterback. So it's just, yeah, it's a frustrating, boring team to watch. And I can't believe they might be a division winner. Like, ridiculous. I think if they beat the Buccaneers this week, they'll be a division winner. Which they might. Like, that. Like that. they, they have a chance of beating them. Like, it'll be interesting. And, you know, you could get some good offense there. But again, like, Baker Mayfield versus, like, Ritter in a quarterback battle, like, that's not exactly exciting. Like, I'm not jumping off the couch for that. No. I would take Mayfield out of those, though. Oh, personally, in a heartbeat, I would take Mayfield. Like, if I had Mayfield or Evans in this matchup, I'd be fine with that. Like, that you're going to score. That's a fine matchup for them, like, no problem. But, you like, you can't say the same thing on Atlanta, even though they win games and they do score points. If you have Bijan, you're probably fine. He's, He's at least more consistent. But can you seriously play Kyle Pitts or Drake London like with confidence? I don't think with so. With confidence? No. I think you're playing them because you have to. Yeah. Well, the person who has Pitts now in our league, I don't think he has a choice person. No. <laughs> no, me either. I don't even I don't even know how that happened. I don't know how I can't remember him acquiring that from you, but I know that you pawned off Pitts on him. Uh, and he's played him most weeks, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's played Pitts as his number one tight end. Yeah, that was that was part of my fire sale to replace Nick Chubb at the start of the season. That's, that's Oh, yes, that was the go. week yeah. that I believe you traded your entire bench. Pretty much, yep. Yeah. <laughs> you had just done. You lost. I remember you lost to me, and you were one and two or something. You lost Chubb for the season. No, that was week everybody. two. It was one week and one. Week two? Oh, you were one and one. Yeah. Week two. Yeah, and you traded everybody. All like you replaced your entire bench. <laughs> yep, fire sale. Try to replace Nick Chubb, and well, now I'm now I'm nine and four. So it worked out. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, but, I'm ten and three. Yeah, yeah. I throw that in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if Nick Chubb had not been massacred on the football field. The tides would be different, but well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could say the same thing. Like, why? When did like could Chase decide to play football at one point in time? After I trade him, of course. Like, 
you know. Uh, he he Lawrence, had a couple of games before that. He had Lawrence, two, yeah. I'm pretty sure he had two good weeks. I'm pretty sure I remember Chase having two good weeks with me. And then Lawrence did nothing until I traded him. Yeah, that one. that one's fair. Yeah. Like Lawrence firing on all cylinders and Chase getting 20 plus points added into the fact that I had like Keenan Allen who was having a great year. I would have been a, like an unstoppable force. But unfortunately, somehow it goes. <laughs> Sometimes you just... Players just, that's why you play the games, right? You can't just mathematically look at it. You can't just do all the research. That's why you play the games. And that's what's so thrilling, isn't it? Like sitting there, doing all our research. Some weeks I did all my research, did all these things, really confident about my team. And then everything like just is on fire in like five minutes. <laughs> it's <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> yep. Hey, that's part of the game. Well, with with that vote of confidence, let's talk about our starts of the week. Yeah, let's uh, let's throw some things. Well, now hold. I think we've got some good. We always have good reasons, and I think we we do we do okay in our starts and sits. But this is what you do. You got you've got to you got to make decisions based on something. <laughs> so yeah, no, we've got some right. tremendous information here. All right, Mike. Well, why don't you kick us off with uh, your quarterback start of the week? My quarterback start of the week is Justin Fields. I do like this matchup against Detroit. I know he had a rough uh, game this week, uh, or sorry, the week before he went into a bye week. Coming off the bye week, Detroit's defense has not looked good the past couple of weeks. They can score high offensively, but I think I'm expecting this game to actually be one of the most interesting of the week, certainly offensively. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm putting Fields in there because Detroit's defense has not looked great over the past uh, couple of weeks. So I do think there's potential for a high offensive game on both sides of the ball here. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with their defense, but you're right. They they have not looked good, and I'm look, I'm interested to see how this works out with Fields and Moore uh, against what is still a good defense, but not the scary one that we would saw earlier in the season. So I am interested to see how this game shakes out. Definitely one I want to try to watch. Yeah, I'm I, of all the games this week, this is one that I'm I'm circling because I think there's a lot of stinkers this week. <laughs> but this yeah. one, I think, like that offense for Detroit's still doing really well, but that defense, yeah, has not. It's been nothing compared to what it was earlier. Like I don't I don't know what's going on there, but they've just they've completely dropped off. Yeah, I mean, I think it could be a pretty high scoring game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good for I fantasy. Do. Yeah, uh, my. Uh... My start of the week is Jordan Love going up against the Giants because that is one of the easiest matchups possible for an offense. I'm throwing him and in there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing the, it. <laughs> the, the Packers have been actually pretty good on offense as of late. They just beat Kansas City. Their defense has been going well. I, I think Jordan Love is an absolutely fine streaming option this week. So fire it. Fire ahead. My quarterback sit this week is Geno Smith. I know he's coming off a great game versus Dallas, a defense that shouldn't have allowed what they did, and that shocked a lot of people. I I don't think he's repeating it. The week he played San Francisco, he didn't look good. San Francisco has a strong defense that can shut quarterbacks down. They're really playing well now. Like I think they've got they've got their their um their whatever you call them jive or they've got some arrogance back to them. Like when you feel good that can really make a big difference. I think you got to sit Geno Smith. This is the classic 30 plus point week followed up by seven or eight. This happens to me all the time. It's going to happen to you. Don't start Geno Smith. 
I really hope you're wrong because I need DK Metcalf to score some touchdowns. <laughs> yes. Well, I think I think if anyone is going to catch a ball for a touchdown, it'll probably be DK Metcalf. Like they're probably going to score seven points, maybe ten points in this game, and probably the only touchdown will be the Metcalf. There you well, go. Does that I'll, make you feel better? I'll, I'll take that'll make me feel better as long yeah. as he gets a touchdown. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, my sit of the week is Zach Wilson because uh, I don't care who the Jets would have named as a starter. That was going to be my sit of the week because that offense has just fallen off the, the wheels. The Texans have a very good defense as of late. And uh, I just think that's going to be a terrible game for all fantasy options on the Jets side of the ball. Uh, yeah. And did you hear he's also battling an injury? Is he? Yeah, so earlier in the week, it was reported that they weren't even sure if he could go. People were making fun of online that he said no, but the reality was he was dealing with an injury, but he is fine. But there's something lingering there as well. So Zach Wilson at 100%, not great. Zach Wilson slightly injured, still not great. <laughs> even yeah. worse. No. Just don't do not do it. Don't do it. Um, my running back start of the week, Devon A. Chen. Uh, he's got a good, like, a good matchup, I think, this week against Tennessee. He, clearly, he's going to be a feature back now that he's back. Um, I don't know what this is going to mean for Mosert. In a good matchup week, they're both going to score touchdowns. But I think HN is going to be given a little bit more opportunities, definitely in the red zone. He scored two touchdowns last week. He looked back to his old self um, where he was scoring 20-plus a week for a while. I like that game against Tennessee. Monday night, longer week of rest for the Dolphins, which I think they need. I like this game for them. And my running back start of the week is Zach Moss. Uh, we saw that he went right back to being the the bell cow for the running backs in the Colts. Uh, he didn't have a very good week, but he had the opportunity. So I don't think that that is going to continue. I think he's going to do fine against the Cincinnati Bengals. I think he'll have as many carries as he wants. And most importantly, he'll have carries in the red zone, which is where... Uh, he's going to get you your touchdowns. So I would say he, there's a good chance he scores this week and he's a focal point of their offense. So you can feel free to start him up. My running back sit of the week, Devin Singletary. We've already kind of discussed why, so I won't repeat it, but I think at the end of the day, he's just not going to be featured in red zone situations and goal line situations like Pierce is going to be featured. Um, so I would say Singletary is a sit this week, even though it's a good matchup. I just don't think they're going to be uh, counting on him this week. And my sit of the week is Kenneth Walker or Zach Charbonnet, whichever one of them gets the start since they're both uh, coming off injuries. Uh, For pretty much the same reason why you're sitting Geno Smith. This is a terrible matchup. It's going to be extremely hard for them to get any points up on the board, and they're going to be playing from behind. So they're not going to be running very much. So I would not start whichever option gets named as the starter this week. Yeah, which I don't think we know yet. No. No, not as, of, not as of this recording. Uh, my wide receiver start, DJ Moore. We already kind of talked about why with uh, Justin Fields, and this is a could be a very high-scoring matchup, so I think he's going to continue to... Uh, he's going to continue to have that relationship with Justin Fields, and he should be pretty good this week for fantasy. My start this week is Rasheed Rice. Um, we talked about him on the show a little bit as well. Um, usually a game against Buffalo... I would be thinking, oh, well, the running game's going to be a lot better. They've got a good uh, pass defense. The defense hasn't looked good for Buffalo. They're coming off a bye week. I think that team's a mess. This is another one that could be an offensive explosion. The Bills have already been in a lot of those games against tough teams. They've been in offensive battles. I expect this one 
to be the same. So Mahomes will find Rice in the end zone. And my sit for the week at wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, for the exact same reasons uh, that I said to sit Zach Wilson, because this is a tough matchup and he's had just unfortunate quarterback play for most of the season. So leave him on your bench. My sit this week is T. Higgins. I just don't think he's got uh, the the chemistry there with the new quarterback. I think they're going to be relying more on Chase and the running game with Mixon. I don't think Higgins is a good uh, flex or second receiver option. My tight end start of the week, Dalton Kincaid. They've got a matchup against the Chiefs. It should be an offensive shootout, should be, keyword. Uh, and Dalton Kincaid is becoming one of Josh Allen's go-to targets. So I think he has a good chance of putting up plenty of points this week. My start of the week at tight end is Jake Ferguson. I know it's a tough matchup against Philadelphia, but I think Dallas has also been one of those teams that proven they can get into a pretty big offensive battle. Certainly last time they played Philadelphia, uh, they were able to score a bunch of points. Ferguson was a big part of that game. So I think that he's going to have another good one here for the Cowboys. And my tight end sit of the week, David Njoku. Uh, we don't know who's going to be at quarterback. They don't really have their offense running at full all cylinders. And uh, like we talked about earlier in the show, sometimes they're just going to throw it to a different tight end, not Njoku. So I just don't trust him this week, and I would leave him on the bench for a better matchup. Um, and uh, my uh, sit of the week is one I just realized I can't use because it was Pat Fryermuth. And he's playing in the Thursday game. And I just realized <laughs> that. So I'm going to quickly pivot uh, and and go back to the old staple, Kyle Pitts. So my there you go. Kyle, Kyle Pitts, Tampa Bay, not a great matchup. We've already talked about why. Like this team's just not using him properly. So Kyle Pitts uh, is, uh, is out. And there you go, Mike's Weekly. Kyle Pitts sit will close us out. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Take care and stay safe.